Folks, this is your captain speaking. We're just preparing the craft for departure and undergoing some last-moment pre-flight checks. But once underway, we'll be flying at about 6,000 miles per hour at an altitude of 300 feet as we depart the BFE nonstop towards our destination of... I have a, um, a business opportunity that requires cash. Sir, there's no business opportunities that require that much cash. Not legal ones. Well, I agree to disagree. Where's my money? As we told you, we can't cover that amount within 24 hours. Okay. There's two federal agents here, which means you wouldn't take the chance that there was a kidnapping and not have my money. So if you don't produce it immediately, I'm going to walk into that lobby and I'm going to tell these people that I can't get my money out. And we'll see how long that takes to go viral and you get a good old-fashioned run on this bank. And if I want to put all $7,945,400 into a hot tub, get buck naked, and play Scrooge McDuck, that is 100% my business. Now, where's my money? Welcome, 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 welcome to the podcast that does, I think, what it says in the tin. It's best film ever, and it's cleared for takeoff. My name is Ian. And I'm Liam. And that's the gang today. We yeah, are here. I'm uh, I'm in the captain's chair. You are indeed. I'm the co-pilot. You are the co-pilot. <laughs> Look who's picking up on the format. I know. So for anybody who's listening for the first time, what we do here is we go over a television pilot episode, uh, pilot meaning first episode, and we then take a look uh, with someone who's theoretically seen it before, as well-versed in it. In this case, that's me, is why I'm in the captain's chair, and someone mm. who hasn't seen it before at all. Yeah, not me. And so today we are looking at Ozark. Yeah. Jason Bateman, Laura Linney, um, some people who we haven't met yet, because episode two, I was really surprised who was. There's a, there's a big character we haven't met yet who becomes a big deal, and I forgot we don't meet her until episode two. Ooh. Half the reason I was like, oh, Liam's really going to like this, and then didn't run in, so I'll be, <laughs> maybe I'll put that at the end. Okay. Um, so, um, and the theory being, basically, the audience gets to, if they're familiar with it, they get the joy of sort of hearing your first reaction to it, Liam, having not seen it before. Yeah. Or maybe they join us on that journey and they watch it for the first time, so if you want to pause us and go watch Ozark, we won't wait. I mean, you'll have to pause us, but go ahead, and then you can sort of live vicariously through Liam as he goes through his first account, and then you decide at the end. Yeah. We decide together if, if we would clear, but you, you decide at the end. You kind of it's kind of like blind date. It's kind of like you know. Do you want to go on another date with this person? <laughs> are, are you willing to go on another date with this show? So leave that thought till the end. Yeah. But there we go. So we're looking at uh, Ozark, a really quick series synopsis. And of course, we say series. I guess in the North American sense, which means the entirety of the program. Oh, okay. Whereas here, a series means a season. We would call it, it a season back home. Yep, yep. But then, what do you call the whole show? <laughs> if you call that a series, what's the whole show? Oh, okay. Because we have like season finales, which means end of the yeah, end, yeah. the end of that current run, and a series finale is the end of the whole show. Oh, okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, we, where we just call it a series. Yes, but then what do you call the whole thing? Um, the show finale. That seems weird. Yeah, I don't know. There we go. Never, no, I've never really thought about poked it. Poked a hole in that. <laughs> you have. All right. So Ozark is about a financial advisor who drags his family from Chicago to the Missouri Ozarks, where he must launder money to appease a drug boss. And that's kind of the overall series concept. It's still running, which is, oh, wow. I'm trying to think. We've done two which have been 
still two of which which have been still running i guess three at a time because we've done wandavision was still running when we did yep. it yep. <laughs> uh we've done um gray's anatomy which is still running after like 16 seasons we did that really that was the most recent one yeah it's going to come out for season 17 in march wow. yeah which is march now so actually by the time this comes out it may have debuted for season 17 on abc and then we've got this which has got one more season Oh, okay. uh, Netflix has said fourth season will be the end of it. They're going to do a two-parter. So first half, second half, yeah, split yeah. in the middle. So kind of like five seasons, but kind of not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then uh, that'll be that, which um, as a longtime watcher of Ozark, I'm, well, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I've seen too many good shows get ruined by dragging on too long. Yeah. So as long as we know going in and you don't surprise us, uh, like Glow, which I don't know if you've ever seen Glow, but that's disappointing for me. They just kind of went, yeah, uh, COVID got in the way. The series is now over. And we're like, whoa, there was no closure on any of the characters. Wow. Yeah, I feel robbed. Well, the thing with Grey's Anatomy and stuff is that anything could happen in a hospital. So you can have that run for as long as you want. Yep. Uh, um, it's named after one of the characters, though. So the one thing is, you got, I guess I guess she knows she's got, like, she's 100% good. Yeah, she, she, she's not going to get written out of the script. No, they, <laughs> they did they did have a sister for her for a while, and they killed the sister off. No. Spoilers. <laughs> but I was, like, seven years old, so I think I'm okay. Um, but, yeah, so I, oh, I, I was... I was really quite okay if they killed off the lead character Meredith Grey. I didn't like her. I'm like, just, just, just kill her off and name it. There's still another Grey on the show. Give it to the, give it to the sister. And oh. no, it didn't happen. <laughs> so anyway, let's talk about the, about Ozark though. So, uh, in order to do well, we always sort of start with these kind of concepts. So a pilot, in order to do well, has to do three things. Uh, number one, it has to establish the characters. Mm-hmm. Number two, it has to establish a mood. And number three, it has to give you a reason to come back. And in essence, that's what you have to do in in episode one. If you satisfy all three of those things, I'm not saying it's a winner, but I'm saying it's at least done what it needs to do to get on the air, theoretically. Yeah. Now, unlike a lot of shows we've done, I mean, we did do uh, WandaVision, which I guess is somewhat different because obviously it was signed up for a full run. Netflix, everything drops at once. Yep. So, I mean, WandaVision dropped one episode at a time, but it wasn't about to be canceled. I mean, we knew what that was. Yeah. I mean, this was new ground. It wasn't like existing characters, but it, w- it was something. Um, but it did come out season one all dropped at once. So, in a sense, is it is it a pilot? Is it just chapter one? Well, at the end of the day, someone's still going to watch this and then decide to turn on episode two. Yeah, exactly. Even in a bingeable landscape, which all the shows we're watching now are. Because yeah. when Ellie saw Grey's Anatomy for the first time, she could have clicked episode two right after episode one. Every show is now a bingeable thing. If yep. you're experiencing it for the first time today. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, let's just do a couple of free pre-flight checks on the actual show so we can get people up to scratch. Ozark is an American crime drama streaming television series created by Bill Dubuque and Mark Williams for Netflix and produced by Media Rights Capital. It stars Jason Bateman and Laura Linney as a married couple who relocate to the Ozarks for money laundering. Bateman is also a director and executive producer for the series, and it was released on July 21st, 2017. Um, it was inspired by series creator Dubuque, who worked as a dock hand while attending college in Missouri in the 80s. And uh, most of the shooting locations, ironically, though, are in the Atlanta, Georgia area, as opposed to Lake of the Ozarks because of tax breaks. So even though it's called Ozark, it's like Georgia. It's funny. Uh, Originally, Jason Bateman was supposed to be the only director for the first season, but the schedule did not allow that to happen. But he did direct the episode that we just watched. Yes, he did. As well as episode two. And he also does the last two episodes of the season as well. In order to make it as realistic and sensible as possible, the writers brought in an FBI agent who works on financial crimes into the writer's room and a hedge fund manager. 
uh, who ended up, he said that the series accuracy was plausible and uh, very creative. Hmm. So, uh, the Ozarks uh, refer, can also refer to the Ozark Mountains, a physiogeographic. Uh, sorry, let's try it again. A physiographic and geologic highland region of the central U.S., primarily in, o- in Arkansas, Missouri, and Oklahoma. And the Lake of the Ozarks is a man-made lake, often referred to, and we heard in the episode today, as the Redneck Riviera. But attracts an estimated five million holidaymakers annually. Wow. It is also nicknamed the Magic Dragon. Puff. Uh, because of its serpentine configuration that stretches 92 miles from end to end with a shoreline greater than that of California, which we also heard. We did indeed. Many times in this episode, it felt. And that's basically it. So that gets us ready for uh, the start of the episode, which is called Sugarwood. So I guess the best thing to do, maybe is just go through the episode yep. and then kind of just get greater feelings as we go along. Yeah. Um, some of these people I'm sure you, you recognize before, but the episode is called Sugarwood. <laughs> which was uh i think gives you an idea of the tone of the show and um it is interesting that at the beginning of the episode i don't know if you notice this liam it has the letter o and then inside of it it has like four symbols yep and those four symbols do pay off each episode they change each episode and there's sort of four markers to look out for oh okay i didn't pay attention to what was on it in this time and i wish i'd written it down but i uh, <laughs> i think i thought i had it on my notes and i don't i think i saw an animal of some kind in there has to be something that came across. So the one's a pleading man. I know that one was a pleading man. I'm trying to think of what else would be the sort of images. Maybe maybe a barrel or something. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, um, we start off with a voiceover, and uh, we found that only 15 percent of Americans have enough money to fund one year of retirement. And during the voiceover, we have coolers full of money being stored. And we get the idea that we make choices not to grow money. We, in order to grow money, you have to give up. You have to sacrifice. Money is not peace of mind. Money is not happiness. Money is at its essence that measure of a man's choices. And then we cut, and it's not the guy putting the money in the uh, in this trailer anymore. We have Marty Bird meeting a client. Marty Bird played by Jason Bateman. Yeah. Now, you know Jason Bateman from I things. Do, most, I do, Because yeah. as soon as he came on, you went, ah, Jason Bateman. Yeah, I do, yeah. So I know him from Arrested Development. I know him from Juno. I know him from some guest spots he did on Family Matters back in the day. The family one? Ties, Family Ties, sorry, oh, Michael oh, J. Fox. Michael J. Fox, yeah. Because his sister's on that. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I think the first thing I saw him in was in Team Wolf 2. Oh, does he do the, the Michael J. Fox role? Yeah. Uh, okay. He's kind of discount Michael J. Fox, isn't he? Yeah, it's not that great, but... <laughs> Well, the, the, the film, no, I'm not sure number one was that great, to be honest with you. They shelved it, believe it or not. That They, they made it and then um, shelved it, thinking that wasn't going to be a big hit. Back to the Future came out, so they brought that out on the back of it. Was was he the title character? I thought it was Jerry O'Connell. Was it Jason Bateman? For the second one. Yeah. Yeah, not, oh, okay. not, not for the first. Yeah, yeah Michael J. Fox for the first. Yeah, yeah. That was back in the day when sequels wouldn't have the same characters. You did the same premise, but different characters. You basically did almost the same story and just change, change yeah, the casting. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there's a, gr- there's a great story about when Back to the Future um, 2, which we're actually doing, or yeah. by the time this comes out, it should be out, actually. That Back to the Future 2, Michael J. Fox only found out that there was going to be a sequel when he watched the video cassette, and he phoned up the producers, he phoned up his agent instantly to say, find out from the producers if I'm in this. Because back in the day, it wasn't if you did a sequel, it wasn't guaranteed it was the same cast. Exactly. And he would know, because he did Teen Wolf. Yeah. But not Teen Wolf 2. Yeah. So there we go. So back to Jason Bateman, though, um, the working man's Michael J. Fox, the, yeah. the American Michael J. Fox, if you will. Rather than the Canadian. That's right. <laughs> Canada, See, I'm, I'm Canada's up. got one. He's yeah. called Michael J. Fox. Uh, and everything is blue. 
everything is blue in this episode. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed this. It's all shot through this blue lens. I hadn't until you just said. And, yeah. And then I look back and go, yeah. It's so blue. It is. Bada bada bye. iPhone 65 has got nothing on this. <laughs> and it's cause it's usually done to connote feelings of depression, sadness, hopelessness. Oh, I think pretty applicable to this episode. I think so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so it's pretty bleak, wasn't it? It was pretty bleak. And Marty's talking through the speech. The voiceover we've heard is I was thinking, I remember him doing voiceover on a lot of episodes. And it's because really he's do this is just the opening speech he's doing as he's a uh, a hedge fund manager of a sorts or a financial planner. This is to set us up. Yeah, set us up into thinking who he is, but yeah. Um and so he gets this email, do not open at work. And he opens the email. And I don't know how they did this because the email is the only thing that's not blue. When the video starts playing, everything's so blue and like the video is like so orange. I'm like, that wouldn't happen because everything has to. So this must have been added in post. That must have been, yeah. Because it wouldn't work like that. It would be, it would go through that same blue filter. So maybe it shows the difference between the life she's living and the life he's living. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Um, but we get a video of a man and a woman having sex, and the man's body is masking the woman. Mm-hmm. And so as this takes place, uh, Marty's still answering questions as he's watching this uh, low-grade porn pornography on his computer. <laughs> In comes his partner, Bruce, who we meet, and Bruce, um, he starts kind of scamming the the couple by going, wow, we carry, you know, we, 75% of Northwestern University or Northwestern Hospital, whatever it might be, their clientele are with us. We're not actually taking on new clients unless you've got five grand today. Which makes them go, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I like, the way, I like the way he says we take credit cards, we take checks, we take yeah. <laughs> absolutely anything. <laughs> it, 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 it's clear they're being played. It, absolutely. It's, it's so strange. You know what we later find out about him, that Bruce would care enough about wrangling this up too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but we meet Bruce, and we get the idea that Bruce is the a bit more slimy, and Marty's the serious one, mm-hmm. which we get from his whole speech about, although it doesn't line up with what we see. Because what we see is him taking some giant stinking risks in that in that I, bit with the yeah. the coolers full of money. Absolutely. Um, but his speech is about you know sacrificing and giving up on don't see this and have a chance to make money and be dedicated and da 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 da. da. And so um, they the, the the people do sign on with their with their five grand. And back to Bateman though, he takes the role of Marty Bird because he wanted to act in a serious role and felt he was typecast in comedies as the straight man, which is how I know him. He is really, isn't he? You know, in Juno, maybe not so much, although he's still playing kind of in a comp. Like, she's kind of bouncing. She's the quirky one. He's the more grounded one. You ever see Juno? No. Oh, he's good in it. He's really good in it. I'm just trying to think of the last thing I saw him in. Okay. Was it Office Christmas Party or something? Yeah, he's in that. He is. is As the straight man, too. Like, everybody's wacky around him, and he's the guy who's trying to keep it all together. And it's the same in Arrested Development. He was that guy. His family was nuts, but he was the one who was, like, head on straight, who you sort of follow and root for. Um, and so Bruce and Marty go to look at this new office that's overlooking Chicago, and Bruce is 100% smitten with the view. It is going, nice, though, isn't it? Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> but Marty's thinking, what's the energy grade of the windows? How's that going to affect our I heating? I love how he's thinking that. Oh, not, not <laughs> seduced for a moment. No. Speaking of seduced, though, we get the idea that the realtor, Liz, is Bruce's soon-to-be wife. Yeah. Is she pregnant? Ooh. I hadn't thought. I thought she might have been pregnant, but in the next scene, I didn't see it so much. No. I don't know. So, um, and then his partner, Bruce, calls him over and goes, come on, you gotta gotta live your life. I saw you watching the porn at your desk. (laughs) You gotta do better than that. 
Uh, and he says he's having better sex than Marty is. And he says, when was the last time you were really, truly happy? You need to live more. And this is where Bruce brings out his um, leaflet. leaflet on life of the Ozarks. But, I mean, even before this, there's so much exposition. So much. How long have you guys been married? 20 years? 22 years. That's a long time. And we've been doing this business together. And, you know, back when no one thought, and look, we've made it. And I'm like, this. I get the idea of the let's take stock of where our life is at. It's not yeah. the worst speech. Maybe the bit where he's talking about the wedding to a degree. Well, maybe not. He's still, it's a slime ball doing it. So I can forgive large portions of it. But it was still, here's the information the audience needs to get. I quite like Bruce. <laughs> I think you're supposed uh, to like Bruce. I know he's a bit of a slime ball, but he was oh, a he's, nice... he's an absolute slime ball. <laughs> but I liked him. I thought he was great. Um, and so we find out the plan for the for the Lake of the Ozarks. We hear it's the Redneck Riviera. We hear it's got more coastline than California. Mm-hmm. Because you should join me. Buy in. You know, leave the city for a while. Bring your family. It'll improve your sex life. <laughs> I guess. Um, and instead then, he we cut to him at home, and we meet Wendy Bird, played by Laura Linney, who the thing I know her most from besides this is I know her as the woman in Love Actually who's in love with the Carl at the office and can't tell him. And she's got the handicap. Sorry, she's got the disabled brother. Oh. Yeah. I, di- I didn't even put two and two again. Yeah, it's her. Wow. Yeah. So we sort of have this as uh, her as this. And so that's what I knew her from. And she's, I think she's, I think she's really good in this, although I don't think the first season really gives her much to go off of. I think she held her own in this. She this does, She gets really good in season two. Does she? Oh, really good in oh, season cool. two. So, yeah. Uh, but she does, it's, it's, her character develops a lot over the, over the thing. Yeah. Whereas I think Marty, not the way you see with Marty is what you get, but I think, the essence, I mean, Marty's special. We hear this throughout, and we see everything through his lens. I think we're more closely aligned to him than we are any other character. Oh, yeah, of course. And so, as a result, I think we've, we we figure Marty out pretty quickly, and other characters will tell us who Marty is pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Wendy's got a little bit more, it's a bit more of a drip feed, and we find that information slower on her. So maybe as a result, we, we feel like we see her change more. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, and so home life is not bliss. And she asks, it's interesting to think about it now that we know the twist. Yeah. But she goes, how was your day? And he doesn't answer. He just goes, how was yours? Ooh. And we're like, ooh, something's fraught. What's going on yeah. here? And uh, we found out the mother has a boring life. And she's like, oh, I want to go shopping. He goes, don't you go shopping on Mondays? <laughs> See, I wasn't picking up on this. No, of course, because you wouldn't. You wouldn't. You'd just be like... I was just thinking he's an asshole. Oh, you were saying, like, I think he's a jerk. I did, yeah. This guy's... What's he doing? Giving her a hard time going shopping on more than one day. Easy controlling, man. I know, right? No. Um, he won't give Scarlett $10 because, hey, and, and so she gets mad and storms out. Because that's what Scarlett does in this episode. Yeah. Um, and the mom's like, take it out of my purse. And he goes, well, come on. It was ten dollars? You got a lot of value of money. It's ten dollars this week. Last week it was twenty. The week before it was fifty. And I'm like, well, actually, it feels like it's sort of like yeah. getting rid of itself. Because yeah, yeah. the next week it'll be five, <laughs> and then two fifty. This, this is the right direction. But within six weeks, she'll be asking for like twenty five cents. This is not bad. But to Wendy's credit, he does say, you know, I'm, I'm in the right though, aren't I? And she goes, well, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I think so, especially well, especially because Marty's. I mean, I I can imagine Marty's not a great deal of fun to be around, <laughs> no. especially with things like money. I think there's going to be situations where, 
you know, everything goes through him. And he, I'm sure the lectures are pretty frequent about money. Well, his business head is always money, 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 isn't it? So money, <laughs> money, 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 Marty Bird. Um, <laughs> and so they cut to them. What do you him watching um, watching TV? And um, yep, uh, she's watching TV and he's watching his porn still. I think she's looking at her iPad or something. Something. She's reading a Kindle no one, or no, something. No one's actually watching the TV. That's just no, it's just there. Yeah. So they can say they're doing something together, even though they're not. I mean, yeah. they're, they're sitting very far apart. It's clear that they're, although they're a couple, they're, they're not doing him together. I thought it was very clever how they have him behind her. Yes. So he can see what she's doing. Yeah. But she can't see what and he's, he's doing. And he's staring at this porn and we're like, what is going on with this guy? I know. And like, A, he's being really brazen because <laughs> I don't think he cares if he gets caught. <laughs> no. And then secondly, the head moves now from from out of the frame and we see it's wendy yeah it's wendy's face he's looking at he's watching another man sleep with his wife and then everything's forgiven on my side i'm like yeah you being an ass i can totally understand but it. he's obsessively watching this he now is, isn't he, isn't he? like i don't think these are the only two times he's watched it this day you know what i mean i think he must be watching over and over and over again and he doesn't seem to react no at all. Do you know what I mean? She goes to him, you seem quiet. He goes, oh, I just got something on my mind. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit. And then he goes for a midnight drive. Before he does, he goes and sees Scarlett, and he goes, who loves his little girl? And she goes, you do, Daddy. And then that makes him want to go get a prostitute. Well, yeah. Well, that seems a bit weird. The last time they spoke was an argument. I think it's them clearing it up. Oh, okay. I think it's all that is. I mean, Jonah, the, the youngest, doesn't get much out of this. We find that he's a bit of a nerd. That's yeah, basically yeah. it. Yeah. And that's his, and he's the youngest. He doesn't have great character development. I mean, they're, they're both very one note, but at least Scarlet has something to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then um, he goes and solicits a prostitute, or at least so we believe. He goes and parks. We see a woman walk up to him, and then we cut to inside the car, and this prostitute is um, just praising him. And basically telling him in his life. Yeah, saying, you, you haven't done this before, have you? <laughs> no, because you're, you're, you're good looking, you're young, you're, you're clean. You're, I bet it's because your wife won't do the things that, that, that you want her to do. And she says, if, if I was your, your, your wife and you were bringing home the money and putting the kids in the private school, I'd be like, this. and she goes, and she goes, because you're Marty Bird. And I'm like, whoa! That's, what are you, what are you doing? Con- giving your full name to a prostitute? Yeah, that that confused me. I'm, I, you know, it's not something I've ever done, but <laughs> no. I can't imagine. It's like give them your. Uh, I'm like, is this some new security clearance to make sure they're safe? You'd, Show me you'd, your you'd driver's give, license. You'd give a false name, wouldn't you? <laughs> You'd have to think so. <laughs> Crying out loud, uh, give me someone else's name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Hugh Grant. Hugh, Hugh Grant. That's right. <laughs> And so um, she she reads his whole file, and then it cuts because we see the head disappear out of the frame to suggest she's she's giving him oral sex. Yeah, and um, and she's a very attractive prostitute. I was like, wow, yeah. Chicago has very attractive prostitutes. Absolutely. And then uh, this actual working girl who looks more like, I guess, what you'd expect, walks up to the door, and we find out that this has all been in his head, and he's just masturbating in the vicinity of prostitutes. Um, I guess so. I guess she's safe. She calls it the office. She calls it. She calls it a place to work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so he's. Well, I'm sorry. He's embarrassed. I'm like, I guess it's you know you're you're adjacent to the prostitute. You get the thrill without having because he's, he's watching that money, isn't he? That he, he value he is, money. Yeah. I have no idea. It was a it was a great reveal because it did. I, it's been years obviously since I've seen this episode and I totally forgot. So it did sort well, of that completely threw me. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and then and he didn't seem that embarrassed, to be honest with you. Not really. <laughs> not. Really. I mean, how how judgmental can the prostitute get? I guess I don't know. He kind of just shook it off. Yeah, <laughs> pun not intended. <laughs> he did the opposite. He put it away. Um, and then he gets a phone call from 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 Bruce. Yeah, and Bruce. he says you 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 got to come. You got to come to the trucking um, company. And he goes, no, don't tell me in the morning. He goes, no, you got to come now. Dell's in town, and that's enough. He's like, all right, I'm there. And we're like, oh, who's Dell? I recognize Dell. Did you? Because I didn't. All right. I'm sure he played Deathstroke in TV series DC thing. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Maybe he did. I, I'm not 100% sure. Not on my phone or anything. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Okay. He's got that look about him. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, but Dell and um, there's big security as Marty goes into this upstairs office of the trucking company. And Dell just goes, where's my $5 million? And Marty's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, if, you know, we can, we can show you the books. And Dell's like, no, no, no. You guys are stealing from me. When I saw this scene, he seemed very cool, very calm. Yep. He didn't seem like he's on edge. And you can tell these guys are very intimidating. Absol- yet, absolutely. And yet he's just like, man, you know, and everybody else in the room is on like eggshells. Yeah, Marty's kind of, Marty and Dell both are kind of quite calm. Yeah. Quite, quite calm. And um, he, and this is where the guy who's doing the trucks goes, look, we log our trucks. The weights don't lie. You can't do this. And so the trucking guy who owns the company, he's there with his son. And the son is freaking right out. Absolutely. The father's a bit more chill. Bruce is there. Bruce's girlfriend, fiance, Liz is there. Mm-hmm. And Marty's there. Now, why Liz had to come, I don't know. If she was just with him at the time. Yeah, I think so. Because Marty doesn't unlucky. have to. Marty doesn't have to bring Wendy. No, no, no. Strange. It is. Um, but um, he goes. Plus, you're Marty Bird. You can make dirty money disappear like spit on a hot skillet. <laughs> That's a great line. And we get the metaphor of Aunt Carlotta. And Aunt Carlotta worked for Dell's father at the grocery store. And one day, Dell's father catches Aunt Carlotta stealing. And it's not real aunt. It's just someone mm-hmm. who you've known long enough. They become aunt. Yep. And he goes, about about $5 worth out of the register. And I guess that's so American audiences can relate to it. <laughs> and yeah. go, what would you do? And so the guy who owns the trucking company says, uh, put her on probation. He goes, probation, I love America. <laughs> and the second one, what would you do? And this is Bruce. And Bruce goes, look, it costs a lot of money to train someone. You know, she's been a good employee. One thing over how many years? Nah, nah, I, you just you just you, you you tell her off, but you let her stay. And then he goes to Marty and says, "Well, what do you do?" And Marty refuses to answer the question. He goes, "This is just an intimidation t- t- tactic. I know exactly what this is. You're fishing. There's nothing wrong. You're fishing." And he goes, "Oh, okay, really?" And he shoots the bathroom where Linda or whatever her name was has yeah. just gone over to uh, to use the loo, and he shot her. In case we didn't know for good measure that she's dead. He puts a few more bullets he in does. there. He does. I think he put a full round in there. <laughs> yeah. And at this point, the son starts singing. Oh, yeah. We're sorry. We're sorry. He got, my dad had nothing to do with it. It was me and Bruce. It was Bruce's idea. We're doing it. And my dad didn't know. And so we go down into the warehouse Ooh. where, like, there is no dignity with how they're handling Linda's body. or whatever. I think her name is Linda. Uh, Liz. Sorry. Liz, Liz, Liz's yeah. body. And they just throw a throw, and then they just sort of stuff her into a barrel, Ugh. which you got to figure has got uh, chemicals in it, and oh, it's going to break them down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Harsh. 
I had a student actually who was looking for last year. He was writing uh, a couple years ago. He was writing a screenplay, and he was going. I need, I need a good ending. It was like a mob movie. And he was like, "You leave the, the bodies out." I'm like, "No, I don't leave the bodies out. <laughs> Put them in barrels." <laughs> I was like, "I said that's a closing shot. The barrels, because we know what's in the barrels, but no one else knows what's in the barrels. So you put the barrels amongst other barrels, and you go, how many people they killed? So that's your ending." Yeah, and he, it was good. He put like a carnation on the top of it. The carnation was oh, it was, it was really well done. Oh, at the end cool. of the day, yeah. So I'm just, I'm just, I'm all about like organized crime stories. I'm just like so Ozark. I'm like, yes. Um, and so the father comes in and he's, uh, well, he's not, he's got, he's tie wrapped, which is, which is important to be tie wrapped. I'm tired of watching lazy shows that put people in handcuffs that get pegged within two seconds. Absolutely. Which you'll have heard if you've listened to our final uh, thing on Wanda Revision on Talking to Mickey. We're going to talk a lot about those stupid handcuffs. Yep. Yep. Um, <laughs> So the father bug begs for a son's life, and Dell just goes, a father should not have to see his son die. And, like, a henchman shoots dad in the head literal moments before Dell shoots the son. That's crazy. Whoo! Basically trimming the fat, because they're the characters who don't matter. So we've got rid of Liz, and we've got rid of the two trucking guys. Yep. So really, we're down to the ones that we've introduced to already. We've Bruce got Bruce, and, and we've got uh, Marty. Marty, yeah. And so at this point, Bruce starts um, starts talking because he goes. He starts singing, doesn't he? And you well, think at he this was- point, he's he is what he is. I don't know. I don't know what he's hoping for. What good happens besides getting his conscience clear? What does? What do you care? Yeah. I don't understand it. He goes, "How'd you do it, Bruce?" And he, he tells him. He said, "We rigged the gas gauges." because what what happened i'm sure if it, if it came clear across to Liam, is that this is how they transport their dirty money back across the border yeah and you you don't count it because it's too much money yeah so you wave a truck and the weight of the truck will tell you how much money is in it oh, okay. so how you trick it is you trick the, the 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 gas gauges to read as full even if they're not full and so it gives out false readings and so it says you're distributing x amount of money when you're not oh okay and that's how you get it over the three years, they managed to skim $8 million. Eight million yeah. And he does say, Bruce says, Marty had nothing to do with this. This was all me. I never would have done it if it had anything to bang. And something this did really well is they wouldn't let people finish. Because as moviegoers, we're used to let, let them have their whole speech and then go, okay, I don't believe you. Bang. But by actually shooting him in the middle of his sentence, it's like, that is cold. That is cold. I've seen this before, though, in, in another thing. Yeah? Yeah. Because that annoyed me slightly. <laughs> it's supposed to, because we want to hear that. Yeah, yeah. And so now we're left with Marty, and Marty's the only one um, left, literally. Um, and he goes, you don't need to do anything to Wendy. She doesn't know anything, da 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 which A means good on him. Yeah. Because he just found out she was cheating on him. Absolutely. And he saves her life, theoretically, that night. If he believes he's going to die, he saves Wendy. Um, and then the pamphlet has fallen because he gets the phone out because he wants to give a call to his kids to say goodbye early, I guess. Mm-hmm. And as he's doing this, the, the pamphlet from earlier comes out, the brochure lands on the floor and he starts pitching. He pitches hard the Ozarks as a, as a facility for laundering so, money. Yeah. He goes, because Dell's gone on this speech about Chicago. We hate Chicago because all the government bureaus are there, the FBI, the CIA, uh, DEA, Drug Enforcement Agency, yeah. they're all there because it's a major hub. He goes, look, Ozark, there's nothing there, middle of nowhere. No one's coming. Let me go there. Let me go there. I can fix this for you. Uh, I can get the $8 million back to you. And he goes, all right, uh, look. And then um, 
and I can do more than that. And he goes, no. And he gets the gun out, says, here we go, which is what we saw him do with Bruce. So we know this is what he does. And he puts the gun up, and we get a flashback to Marty underneath the trampoline. (laughs) Just this one happy memory of us as as family. Family, yeah, family And it's interesting for a guy who talked about money and the importance of it that the thing he flashes back to is this really lovely family moment, probably a moment that he sacrificed many of to to build this empire. Yeah, and they talk about the trampoline, don't they? Do they? Yeah, they talk about the trampoline, saying about, you know, um, we didn't want the trampoline, trampoline, but, you know, you convinced us to have one, and then me and your dad was on it, having fun. So it was a nice callback to the trampoline. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't remember this at all. Oh, okay. When was this? <sighs> who's who's telling who about it? The, the girl wants some money. Oh, okay. And she's talking about the tramp, and she says, well, you know, something about... Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, was that was was that part of the fight? Oh, I'm pretty sure. It was. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were saying about, oh, this is going to be fun and blah blah blah, and and now you don't use it. Yeah. Oh, okay, fair enough. And yet he does remember this this one key moment. So it's not just the negatives. He does remember the one time it was you. It was a lovely shot I, I, too. I, I just, underneath nice, it. Nice callback. Yeah. And so, um, and then we come out of the flashback, and um, Dell says you've got 48 hours to get my eight million, and then you got 48 hours to get on the road. Now, I don't know about you. I mean, the thing that would probably surprise me most about all this was the idea that Marty Bird would be involved in a money laundering scheme <laughs> for the second biggest drug cartel in, in the world or something, in Mexico. Yeah. Isn't it funny how it's the second biggest? <laughs> need to keep it believable. Yeah. need to keep believable. Yeah, or yeah. maybe you need it for, for things down the line. Yeah, maybe. You need to, you, need, you know, if there's the second biggest, what happens when, you, when, when the first biggest comes knocking? I don't know. I don't know. Because if he's supposed to be the best at what he does. He's the best at what he does, yes. You'd think that the well, big, big cartels... You can't put an ad on Facebook and just no. say, need your money cleaned, no. call Marty well, Bird. No. But surely he must have made at waves. Some po- you got to figure at some point his, his his notoriety will get out there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so we go to back home and Marty's telling Wendy, and we find out very quickly, Wendy clearly knows what the business is about. Yeah, absolutely. Clearly knows. And um, Marty's going to try and build up $8 million. And apparently they're pretty close. Yeah. So at least we get the idea of it. You know, it was doing something for him. And he's got much more than that. If you consider all the penalties he pays, he gets pretty close to $8 million. He must have something like $12 million or something. But, but it makes me wonder. How can you liquidate it? He's so frivolous with money. Not frivolous. He's so um, picky about money. Yeah. About giving out money and stuff. And yet he's got all that money. Well, that's, good. That, that's how he got the money. I think it's that opening speech. That's how you make the money. Oh, okay. Now, granted, he's been ba- being paid by, by, by the drug cartel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's put the money somewhere, and he's washing that money by putting it away as well. Like he's making the money work. He won't touch it for years. It's all on the up and up. It's all believable. Da, 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 da. Oh, I see. Try launder it, but not use it until the time is this right. This is this is for retirement. Yeah, yeah. I think he actually believes what he says about the value of money, but also he's it's not he's doesn't have eight million because he pinched his pennies. He's got eight million because he's working for the drug cartels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so uh, we find out that Friday they're going to be on the road. Uh, he breaks the news to the family. Charlotte refuses to move. She does. Well, tough, Charlotte. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of my theory about Charlotte in general. I'm just like, stop complaining. It's just like, she's all the time. I'm not being funny, right? When we were kids, yes. if the parents said, right, we're moving here, we moved. If the parents I, said, I we're going out for a day, we're going out I for a day. I think something's changed. It has over the years. I think it? social media, I do. I don't want to be the old guy railing his fist, you know, yelling at a cloud. I don't want to be that guy. But um, there is something about the idea that 
I think when we were kids, who, who, if you're going to complain, who are you going to tell? <laughs> who are you going to talk to? Exactly. And, there's, and they just say, look, I'm the parent, and that's that. And you go, okay. Well, now you go ahead and put out there, I'm, I'm a parent. There's like 19 other people like backing your fight. You go back. <laughs> we wouldn't stand for this. They need to understand what's going on. Oh, geez. Oh, no, that's crazy. It was like parent-teacher night. When I was a kid, it was like, I'm going to get my mom, and she's going to yell at the teacher. No, it was just two people yelling at me. That's all that happened. You got in there, and both people yelling at me. Now it's it's very much... You know, it can, it can be very different because people can, can organize and, and, and come up with working theories. And, you know, at no point, the only other parent my mom could talk to is the woman next to her in line before you go in for the parent-teacher meeting, right? <laughs> yeah. no, not that I've, I, don't, I don't have bad experiences as a parent-teacher meeting, but I've seen around the room and you see some of them going badly. And you're like, uh-oh, <laughs> that's my, not good. Mine were always disappointment looks. Yeah. <laughs> From both the teacher and my dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> So, uh, then we have a great double shot, uh, a cross-cut scene, where Wendy's, oh, I think she's breaking up with her man, but she wasn't breaking up with her man. She's no. with Larry, and Marty's finding out from his private investigator all the information. And so, Wendy's telling this guy everything. So, Why? it went from no one else knows to now we know, obviously, Wendy knew, but now we find out that this other guy knows as well. This is where it got confusing for me, because I was then thinking, what, she doing a runner without him? I think so. Ooh, that's cold. Yeah. That's cold, isn't it? Yeah. So he susses out what's going on, and by he I mean Larry, uh, mainly because she tells him. <laughs> so that'll do it. <laughs> oh, sorry, not, not Larry. Barry. Barry Silverberg. And he sees your wife at least twice a week. So we're jumping back and forth between the two. And Sugarwood is her pet name for him. And he goes, what does that mean? And he, yeah. he tells him. Yeah, it's the, it's the name she kind of calls his penis. Sugarwood. Don't tell me any more. Yeah. Um, and so, um, she starts screaming from what I thought was the 90th floor. Apparently it's the 80th floor. Um, and she's like, I hate F bombs and all that stuff. And we find out that from Marty's talking to PI and we find out the disappearing is really out of the question. Your money will run out mm-hmm. eventually. Uh, your wife will have one too many drinks and start blabbing or the kids will get lazy on the social media. And I'm like, okay, that makes sense. It does. And so he goes, what, what do you want to do? And then Marty gets a message on his phone, a little alert. Wendy has emptied the bank accounts. So yeah, I think she's going for a runner because she's emptied the bank accounts. I think she's going to leave Marty. That's her theory. That's cold. And lay low. <laughs> that's gonna work yeah um marty's practicing his speech he's driving over and i don't know about you i've done this practice a speech in the car yeah, yeah have you done this yeah of course either practice a speech you're gonna have or relived a speech and like done like a second go and go i should have said this and you do it in so many different ways <laughs> see, there's, to- see, there's times where it works out for me because there's times where i actually get a chance to use the stuff i i do in the car and it's gone okay or in job interviews or on in things of that nature yeah it can help also it can get you so worked up exactly uh, that happens to me that you actually get into a fight and you don't remember any of it because you get so like redhead <laughs> like yeah. you, you just see red and you don't remember any of the cool because th- they never react like like you think they're going to react you give them like lines they're supposed to say back it's like you should show up at these arguments with like the copy of the script for the other person so they yeah. can say the bits no you stay stick to your lines because i got something good lined up here <sighs> and so um he's going over to this building they've called it the eiffel tower i don't know why chicago do you have an eiffel tower i don't know that seems odd and so uh i get maybe it's, maybe it's the tallest building in chicago i don't know it all seems french to me i'll tell, <laughs> I'll tell you what they're beautiful view beautiful beautiful yeah. view of lake yeah. michigan yeah oh, it's nice yeah and so then um 
the body falls. We see when Wendy left the, the the confusing thing is like Wendy comes back into the apartment, but we never saw Wendy leave the apartment. I guess she left this apartment to go empty the bank. I, I think so. But we didn't get a shot of that. So no. it was confusing to me to see her walk back into the apartment. I'm like, yeah. what? Yeah. Uh, and we see that Dell is there and uh, they've beat up um, Sugarwood a little bit. I have indeed. Yep. And so Marty's getting out of the car and he's still doing his little speech as he walks up. And he's like, I could have cheated on you and I and I had chances. I had chances <laughs> I, and I didn't. I've always been faithful. And um, then there's a thud. We see this body just drop and he looks and he recognizes, the irony is that he recognizes the guy from the sex tape yeah. and he gets back in his car and it's all one shot. It's so well done. They don't cut. He gets back in his car and he drives away. That was funny. And then he gets a phone call. And Wendy wouldn't pick up the phone earlier, but now she's phoning him. And he answers, and it's not Wendy, it's Dell. Yeah. And Dell basically says, Look, I guess she knows, doesn't she? And he goes, Well, what man wouldn't lie to protect his wife? And he goes, Up before or after you found out about the lawyer she was sleeping with. And this is all on speakerphone. So oh, she, yeah. hear she hears everything. Word. Yeah. And he goes, After. But you haven't confronted her yet? No. <laughs> Was, well, what, what should I do? And he literally, for the second time in the episode, gives him the power. I, I don't know about you, man. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not. If Marty had gone, yeah, go ahead. I don't. We, we, we don't. We don't think it's the right thing to do. But you'd understand it. Yeah. At, at your most, she's cheated on you, and she's tried to run out on you with yeah. the money. Now, you could be not forgiven, but. <laughs> It wouldn't be outside of the realm of, of, of possible outcomes for no. him to say, yeah, kill her. Exactly, yeah. But he doesn't. He says, no, don't kill her. Um, and so um, then we go back to the house, I think. I'm just checking here. Oh, my bad. So then we get a return. What should my father do? And it's back to the Aunt Carola speech. Mm-hmm. And uh, he goes, what do you mean? And he goes, okay, no, back to the speech. He goes, you fire her. Why do I fire her? Because it's not the first time she's stolen. It's the first time she got caught. Oh. Which I think is a metaphor for this isn't the first time Wendy's cheated. No, it's clever. It's the first time. So it's interesting how this works on th- three levels. There's the, the, the first version in the story. Yeah. The second version in referring to Bruce mm-hmm. and the boys who were skimming. And now according to his personal life and his relationship with Wendy, who's we get the idea she's been some sort of a serial cheater. But I thought it was a great speech. What the 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 Aunt Corolla speech with him saying that um, you know fire her you know because it's not the first time she's done it it's yeah. the first time she's got caught yeah and so back home um, she walks in sits down beside him he just says you're welcome <laughs> and gets up and walks out you'd have thought she'd have sat down and gone oh thank you so much no nothing well there's a lot that you got to talk through I mean how do you even begin to talk about Fuck. what what's occurred yeah right? and so um, he just gets up and says. What can I say except you're welcome? <laughs> uh, he's going for Maui in uh, you're Moana. You're welcome. That's right. <laughs> Imagine if he did the whole, I can see what's happening here. <laughs> that would have been brilliant. <laughs> Your boyfriend got thrown off of the building and it's strange. Um, you don't even know how you feel. It's adorable. <laughs> 
Um, so back to the bank, and he's trying to get his money out. And the FBI's shown up, and they're trying to go, you want to know why? I don't want my money. And they go, you can't give you it. He goes, and he gets him with some good legal proceedings. We saw him doing phone calls earlier. Yeah. But he goes, no, look, you have to have the money. Legally, you're required to have the money. So get me the money. And then they go ahead and say, look, the FBI's here. It means you might think this is a kidnapping, in which case you would have the money. So get me the money, or I'll go into that bank, and I'll pull a Mary Poppins. I'll tell everybody that I can't get my money out, and they're all going to go nuts, and they'll go viral. That's funny, that. And he says, look, if I want to take the money, put it into a giant swimming pool, get naked, and do a Scrooge McDuck on that, that's my <laughs> business. I don't have to tell you why I want my money. I want my money. Brilliant. Great speech. It is. Um, and so Dell meets back up with Marty, and he's a little bit short, but he agrees. Dell agrees to buy his minivan off him. Well, that was good. And then leases it back to him so for $1,000 a month. So he's, it's, it's a terrible investment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's, what's Marty going to say? And then he gives him the $8 million back and says, now clean it. So take your money and get rid of it for me. Yeah. And you're going to lose 30%. I don't care. Yeah. So. Um, I want to see it work. Yeah. And he's willing to roll the dice because we get told again, Marty is special. And he goes, by the way. Oh, um, uh, Marty goes. You said five million, but they got rid of eight. He goes, "Yeah, I didn't know." I was fishing. It was a house fishing. <laughs> he goes, "You killed her on a hunch," and he goes, "I've known Bruce for what now? Five years." Yeah, I've never seen him that quiet. <laughs> so poker tables and towels. You, you, ever, you ever play poker? Yep. Yeah, I'm terrible. I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. <laughs> people love having me at the table. <laughs> I went to a casino once and played with some real people who do this a little bit. And the for first, the first time I went. Um, I did okay. I did okay, but I got. I, I ended up walking away without the money I brought with me. But I didn't. You didn't take much with you. I think I put like one hundred and fifty dollars down or something like that. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. It was money I could afford to lose, and I didn't go. I couldn't be a gambling addict because that one fifty. I felt like I'd failed my life. <laughs> the idea about going and getting more to chase after it never no, occurred to me. No, no, I felt so bad about losing. Not like bad, like more. Just the idea that I just felt depressed. I'm like, <laughs> can't believe. I spent money on that. But one guy said to me, the table was one of the pros. He went, I can't get a read on you because he said, you were smiling. I thought for sure you had it. He said, but when you're bluffing, you're still smiling. And I'm like, that's the secret. You just don't change who you are. So if you're bright and happy and chipper the first time and you're bright and happy and chipper when you have a bad hand, you just don't change. The thing about going on tilt, they say, is that people who are loud get quiet or people who are quiet get loud because they're covering. Mm-hmm. And so they're coming up with a version of themselves that isn't them or their emotions are too shifted. They can't. Whatever. And I just kind of play it all the same. So I went back a second time, made made a lot. It was my, my bachelor night of all things and made a lot of money. Cool. <laughs> At which one of my friends are like, come on, you're buying everything tonight. I'm like, it's my bachelor night. No, <laughs> I'm not buying everything. <laughs> Cheapskate. I lost all my money at the table. I don't care. <laughs> the over there is called an ATM. Get some more money out. <laughs> the poker players got out of you earlier. <laughs> um, and so um, we find out one last scene. We were with the FBI up in the office buildings. They were going to rent out. And we found out that there were 18 bugs they had around the building. Yes, yeah, so they, were, they were already they, onto them. They were ready to go. We found out, I think, that Bruce was an informant. Oh, yes. I yes. think that's the thing we got, that Bruce yeah. was an informant. And yeah. they can't find Bruce, and they can't find Liz. But they're not sure about Marty Bird. So they said, find me Martin Bird. Mm-hmm. And we cut to the family. They're driving through the middle of nowhere. Um, Marty pulls over. He says he has to take a leak. Turns out he needs to crouch behind a tree and listen to some Radiohead. <laughs> 
great song for for the for the uh, shot that we had, it's and good. the whole family joins them because I think I don't think we got a new shot. I think that's the same shot. That is the same shot, same right. location. And then they walk up to the edge, and we get this great like oh. I don't know if it's a helicopter or you said it might have been a drone. Who knows? Th- these days, I think it's a drone. But this great pullback shot. Of, it just keeps going. It keeps going of them and the lake. And it yeah. looks really, really majestic. And they also look small. And the Ozark looks huge. And the funny thing is, there's trees everywhere. Yep. There's only that one little bit of cliff they're standing on. Location scouting, my friend. Oh, That's what that it is. It was phenomenal. It was it well was done. So good. That's Georgia at its best. <laughs> <laughs> and so that is that. And that's where we end things with episode one. So I forgot they don't really get to the Ozark until the end. If we go to episode two, Ooh. we meet a character. I won't say anything more about her except for she's played by, because you and I have been watching the Americans. We have. And that blonde teenager. Oh, she's a major part of Ozark and has won like Emmys for 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 for, for being on Ozark. So I was oh, like, okay. "Wait till Liam sees this." And I'm like, "Oh shoot, it's on episode two. <laughs> I can't wait for them to get to the Ozark. She can show up." And I'm like, "Oh, it must be episode two. She shows up." Oh. So she's yeah, she's and she's really good, really really good in it. Cool. So I was like, "Oh, Liam, will, Liam will dig that." So I kind of as far as I got to go. What's the reason for watching Ozark? And with four storylines. Storyline number one is surviving the cartel. Mm-hmm. that's your first plot it's your most important plot how do oh, i survive yeah. this both in the short term and in the long term absolutely so that's the one they'll be keeping going uh, episode sorry, b plot number sorry, b plot number two no b plot <laughs> or plot number two uh marty and wendy in their marriage yeah you know you found out she's having an affair but now you're being forced to move and you can't leave her and all this no, sort of stuff i can see it going badly c plot which is just really for the one episode getting eight million dollars Mm-hmm. get the eight million so you can survive and how do you get the bank sale and you can't get it how do you get the eight million dollars in time and then just the d plot it's a really small one charlotte doesn't want to go mm-hmm. and we did have a nice moment between charlotte and her mom where charlotte's conning on i think that something's going on bigger than she realizes yeah but doesn't know what it is and that's kind of where we go so the ones you know the eight million that was the sort of problem of the episode mm-hmm. as i think a lot of things would do and the other three i think are ongoing you know, Jonah seems all right. Yeah. Yeah, he's not he, really he's having any issues. He's young. He's yeah. just like, oh, man, this place looks cool. Oh, there's trees. Oh, great. Yeah. Oh, and then he, when they hit the, the, the lake, he's like, oh, this place. He's the first one to come out. He goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> looks good. He's just really optimistic. Absolutely. You can play Minecraft anywhere. Um, <laughs> as opposed to um, the, the bigger problems he's got with his daughter, the biggest problem he's got with his wife, and then. Yeah, how's that? Well, work the biggest. Time? I shouldn't use the superlative because the biggest problem he's got is with Dell. And mm. how's he going to launder the money? Because he's he's lied through his teeth. He's got no plan. Nope. About how he's going to. No, he's got the skills. He's special. Mm-hmm. But how's he going to do this? So it's just a matter of survival. And you've seen in this episode, he can do it. He can survive. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess it'll be the thing. So what's the say so most episodes therefore run through a here's the problem of the week. Yeah. How's he going to do this while dealing with the problems of his family, his marriage mm-hmm. and the larger problem of the drug cartel? Yep. Sort of staring down the bullet, the barrel of a gun, if you will. Yeah. yeah. Somewhat literally in moments this episode. <laughs> Um, in November 2017, uh, it was reported that the series helped increase tourism and notoriety of Lake of the Ozarks, but despite that, didn't ironically have a significant economic impact, if you consider <laughs> the theme of the show. Yeah. In February 2018, a real-life restaurant called Marty Birds was opened in Lake Ozark. I have no idea how that survives any sort of no, not court injunction, you'd have to think. Yeah, and to su- 
support long term. Well, you're just you're just. Well, I think long term you go. It's, I think if you live in the Ozarks, this series will be forever kind of part of your community. Oh, okay. I imagine anything office related in Scranton, Pennsylvania, would be all right. Or if there was a real Pawnee, Indiana, I don't think all the counties in Indiana is a real place. But oh, I no. imagine you could sort of come up with stuff like that. But apparently, uh, it's represented by the series and includes menu items based on the show, including roofs, smoked wings. Ruth is the character played by the the, the, the blonde girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's really about it. I always got some questions for you because it's your first watch. Yeah, go for it. It seemed like you enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Did you really enjoy it? I did, yeah. Okay. (laughs) I I didn't want to get too excited in the opening bit of it, but I really, really did enjoy it. And that really hooked me in. Oh, really? Okay. So um, favorite character? Is it Marty Bird? Uh, yeah, towards the end. Oh, okay. Um, well, you really like him at the start, but I think they're building. Yeah. He knew more than, this is the opposite dramatic irony. He knew something we didn't know. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I actually quite like Bruce. Oh, yeah. So I was a bit good when Bruce went. Sorry. He's kind of uh, <laughs> Whenever I see him like a character, they shoot him. <laughs> they got him not over a barrel. They got him in a barrel. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Bruce. Yeah. There's not like, I don't even remember. There might be a flashback scene or two of Bruce in it, but I, he's not like a, he's, don't get too attached to him. No, no, but I thought there was more substance to him. I thought it'd be a bit more. So, so it was on the short term, Bruce. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, but Marty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cause, Cause you start to understand how he is. I love the fact he's so cool, calm, and collected, even in really, really dire straits. He's thinking. He's always thinking. He's always he, thinking. He never stops. He's got this great, like, I don't know if it's a, a thatched shirt or whatever it is. He seems to have a very Marty Bird kind of aesthetic to him. Yeah. I do. Man, he's a thin man. I was watching him a couple of them. I'm like, you are a thin man, Marty. Uh, Jason Bateman. Yeah. Good. I don't know how old he is. He's got to be 50. He's got to be in his 50s. He's got to be 50. Yeah. And uh, to think that he directed that and he starred in it. Absolutely. Well done. Well yeah, done, Mr. Yeah, Bateman. Yeah. He's turned into a Clint Eastwood. <laughs> yeah, he's also a producer as well. So he'll be, I don't know what the deal is with Netflix, but I'm sure he's got some sort of, I don't know how they'd financially compensate you for it. Because hmm. you don't get advertising revenue. So I guess it's got to be based on views. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, was there a favorite scene, a favorite moment? Yeah, ironically, when Bruce got shot. And Bruce got shot. Yeah, and he got, I didn't expect it. Okay. I thought they were setting him up to be a big character, I thought. And then all of a sudden, halfway through a speech, boom. It's important that in his speech, he vouches for Marty. Because yeah. the audience needs to know Marty didn't know. Yeah. And I think we go, okay, we, we, we have to kind of believe that. And even though he's a slime ball, he was a nice slime ball. He was. You know? He was, yeah. I mean, he's kind of the guy who you're kind of like, oh, he's the, you know, he's the, he's the bit of the, of, of the greasy wheel of the two of them. You got like the, the honest guy and the guy's a bit more shady. Even when he walks into the office and he sees uh, Marty's watching porn. <laughs> he yeah. doesn't give anything away. I have a question. If this was me and you, am, am I Marty Bird? Are you? <laughs> are you Bruce? I think I'm Bruce. <laughs> <He's like> Bruce. <laughs> oh, it seems like Bruce has more fun. He does. It doesn't, I don't think it ends well for him, but he has more fun. Yeah. Uh, just the secret, I guess, we learned is... Did I come across that slimy, though? No, no, no. <laughs> but I think the secret we, we learned here is just never, never own up to it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. half the time they're fishing still. Um, cool. My favorite moment, I think, still, is it's... It's, this is gonna sound. It's not in a creepy way. <laughs> it's got to be after the reveal that it's his wife. Yeah. On the video. Yeah. It's like whoa, and he's so calm about it, and then she's there in the background, and then all of a sudden you replay the whole episode and you go crazy. Yeah. Or it's the deaths out of nowhere, but especially I guess uh, Larry or Barry or whatever Barry. his name was, Barry. Yeah. Barry bouncing off the tarmac. <laughs> Because uh, I think it's a calling card of Ozark in general, but especially this episode, where just they're not afraid to kill anybody. Nope. 
No, and out of nowhere. Yeah. Out of nowhere without causality. And you sort of, because we, we're so close in many ways to Marty, uh, we get to be surprised as he's surprised because um, that's half the fun. I think he's the one we're clearly tied to the most. And mm-hmm. then as a result, it's just fun watching him be kind of uh, shocked <laughs> by things. Yeah. And I'll say this. Uh, another one where I'll go, I forget very early on anything else he's been in. And he's just Marty Bird. Even though I know Jason Bateman. Oh, okay. I'm not thinking about his performance. I'm going, oh, he's oh, just Marty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same. And I'll say what, I yeah. love Arrested Development. Like, for me, he will always be, um, oh, Bluth, something Bluth. He's not George Bluth. Oh, this is really embarrassing. Anyway, can't remember. <laughs> Michael, Michael Bluth. <laughs> nice. I think one of the characters, like, le- I think one of the characters lecturing him and going, oh, come on. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's Michael. Come on, Michael. <laughs> um, and he, I never thought I could see him in something else and just really quickly just abandon his identity, but he's really good in it. I think this is so different. He is, he is good in it. It's so, so, so different. And it's fun because he's so funny. He's so dry, so witty, and he doesn't give you any of that in this. Nope. He's really quite nerdy. He is, and yeah. to the point. Yep, succinct. He's very, very to the point. Except for when he's got the gun in his face and he's stretching yeah, anything yeah. he can to keep oh, talking. Yeah. Well, you would. As you? You, would. You, as you would. Absolutely as you would. It's a natural reaction. I think so. Every time I've been under gunpoint, I have done the same. (laughs) So let's look at some reviews quickly. Uh, We had Gail Pennington from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch who said, Bateman strikes the right mixture of guilt, terror, and glib intelligence to make us reluctantly root for him. I wasn't that reluctant. I was on board from minute one, I think. I wasn't. But I think that's the part where I knew him from something else. I was always on board with him. Oh, okay. I think that's why. It wasn't until I discovered that the wife was cheating on him. That's when I think... I've always been waiting for Jason Bateman to get what I felt was the the, the, the credit he was due yeah. in Hollywood. I always thought he was really, really good. And the rest of the development as a show, I felt, didn't get the credit it was due. I thought it was really funny, really clever, really intelligent. And I thought he should have been a big star. I questioned some of the choices he's made for movies. I don't mm-hmm. think he's, but he was great in Juno. So I'm always like, this guy's fantastic. What are they going to find something that lets him show off who he is? Mm-hmm. And this, completely against type. Absolutely. But brilliant. So, yeah. Uh, Ed Bark, who writes for Uncle Barky. <laughs> Barky. He's one of the top critics on Rotten Tomatoes. Says Netflix has yet another unique player in its assembly line of original series. And then Nick Allen, who writes for RogerEbert.com. Cool. So, in a sense, Ebs. Yeah. God, God rest his soul. It's nice that he still uses him, you know, through vicariously. Uh, it's, it's so wild that his name now is attached with an idea of analyzing greatness in cinema. Yeah, and gravi- gravitas. So, yeah. Is that the word? Gravi- gravitas. Gravitas. Yeah. And it's the idea that he, um, the, the name of Roger Ebert still stands for quality. Yeah, absolutely. Long after he's dead. And uh, that's what, I, I think I told this before, I, I didn't used to, I used to watch Siskel and Ebert at the movies, and I like Siskel. Yeah, I think Cisco was just. This is sound really weird. A nicer guy to look at. He was tall. He was bald. He seemed kind of a bit more kindly. Ebert seemed a little bit nerdy. He was short. He was stout. Uh, he was a little bit whiny in his voice. Maybe that was it. I think he had a less pleasing voice as oh, well. Okay. And so I didn't like Ebert until years. Cisco uh, dies first. Oh. And the the irony is, Cisco dies, and Cisco's in much much better shape than Ebert. And so Ebert kind of. Um, determines that he needs to he almost owes it to his old partner to get in shape because i think he felt in some sort of weird way some survivor's guilt yep. about it and when i should have probably been if one of us should have died young i would have probably thought it would have been me so he actually got his life kind of on track for a while as far as his fitness went 
and went on and continued to show for a great number of years. And over that time, I went, Roger Ebert's actually really, really, really good. And I went back and looked at some of the older stuff and went, no, Roger Ebert's always been really good. Yeah. I just didn't find his voice. It's weird the things that kind of position you. There's two. You're going to choose one you like and one you don't. True. Which is why everybody likes you and just puts up with me when no, they listen to the podcast. No, 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 no. So. <laughs> everybody loves you. No, but so back to this. <laughs> RogerEbert.com. Uh, that would be Nick Allen. Said a lot of this would play more thrillingly if the character didn't seem as wooden if the series felt like it was written to serve more than just a need to present power plays that's a cynical viewpoint i think nick allen yeah from roger ebert.com ebs 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 adjacent so yeah yeah and that's kind of where they found out the more the thing though it's not really so much about what these guys felt about it i'm kind of curious what you felt about it so we kind of give it a grade kind of like back at school. Uh-huh. So where A plus or A star, if you're so inclined, is the top of the level. Yep. And then we go B, C, D, and then it's just F. Okay. You fail. We're doing this on the American Canadian side of things. So anything above an wow. F is technically a pass, but a D is not a good pass. So I, just the rules to the game. I think we know it's not going to be an F. Okay. Because I, I quite like this. Where are you putting it? I'm going to give it an A. An A? Yeah, because yeah. I was... I'm not going to give it an A+, plus, only because Bruce is not in it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that shocked me. I don't think it's... I guess a great... Uh, I really rate the show. I really, really, really rate the show. I tell people... It's one of the ones that I do tell people about as a show. The pilot... I'm going to go B+. Plus. I yeah. really like the pilot. I think it does what it has to do. I'm interested. Even as far as dramas go, I don't think it's amongst that... Oh my God! There's ones that I think of now where the series is nowhere near as good. No, you're right. But the pilot is better than this. But this has got me intrigued to watch more. Yeah, and that's what it has to do. So you know, like first episode of Parks and Rec. Yep. If I'd have just gone by the first episode, oh, there's not much. No, I no, never a character no, watching it. It's just kind of meh. But somebody said to me, "You really need to warm up to the characters and warm up to it." Parks and Rec, you got to get to almost season three you before know, it gets and actually, really good. Yeah, and yeah. now I look at it so fondly. You know? Yeah. Um, but this one, the first episode, whew, it's got me hooked. No, yeah, I, I, I'd go, and I did. I checked out episode two, and as, as I went on through it, it builds. Um, but no, I, I guess it gets a B plus for me. So the three things it has to do, it has to establish the characters. I think clearly it's established. It's definitely established Marty. Yeah, you need to, though. You have um, to be on board with him. I think it's established parts of Wendy. I don't think it's... It's more plot than character with I her. think she's a loose cannon. She's already shown that she can cheat on him. She's already shown that she was going to run out on him. And yet he's still sticking by her. So now is to see, now they're being relocated, what's she going to do now? And he wants the the thank you, which he never gets. And she doesn't give it to him. No. Interesting. Oh, I don't like that. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. So... There's some stuff there. Uh, we don't really get anything from the kids. We get a little bit from... De- I mean, Dell's just a figure of menace, isn't he? Yeah. He's, he's just, smart. He, he's smart. We find this out. He's smart. Yeah. He might be in many ways, maybe not Marty's equal, but he's 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 a lot brighter than Bruce took him for. Yeah. Yeah. So. Still, though, I mean, that's still a great scene with him still talking Bruce, and then he cuts him off by shooting him. Yeah. But it shocked me. Oh, it wasn't a, a Stark moment, a Ned Stark moment you know game of thrones like oh my god yeah but it was still like what okay i thought it was setting me up to be a, a good character i worry so yeah you know no he's gone i'm trying to think of how i don't think i was just i was impacted by it as, as Maybe you were because you weren't so invested in him as a character i guess not yeah, yeah i was where, always where i was yeah i was just worried about marty that's all i was worried about yeah um then we've got uh this has an atmosphere i mean i think it clearly sets an atmosphere yeah yeah besides the blue filter but, yeah. the, oh, cool. but, yeah. but it helps. I mean, but it is just kind of a despondent kind of 
thing throughout. It kind of shows you the sort of character Marty is. Um, with the blueness, he is very stable, very grounded, uh, very intelligent. Yep. You know, he can talk his way out of mostly anything, as you've as we've seen. Yep. Um, he keeps cool head on certain times, even when Bruce... Bruce is the loud, brash guy, and yet he's the one who was singing like a bird. Yeah. Pun not intended, Marty Bird. Um, Do you know what I mean? So yeah. he doesn't. Um, he doesn't yell at Wendy. He totally could yell at Wendy. Oh. He doesn't yell at the bank. He doesn't yell at the FBI. No, he's just very, very matter of fact. He's clearly yes. intelligent, and he's just going to express it that way. Now it's good because. As someone I knew who directed a show once said, you don't want a 10 right off the bat. <laughs> no. You got to give the character somewhere to go. Yeah. And if you lose it all on episode one, where do you go from here? Exactly. So some great self-constraint by the character, but also by, by, by the, the producers of the show of realizing where they wanted to go with the series and going, there's still a lot more story to be told. We don't need to go. And that's the benefit when you have the whole series picked up at one go, like yeah. a season's worth of TV, because you don't have to go all out to try and get picked up. Because in the American system, you produce a pilot and you hope the network says yes they, they they produce way more pilots than there's room on the schedule wow and so the theory is you have to grab their attention to go yeah put that in thursdays at 8 30 that'll be our thursday at 8 30 show but they don't commit to it and so you get a, a a commission for like six episodes or 12 episodes or if you're lucky a full season so really uh getting on with a pilot these days is harder than years ago well the, because there's some series that would have never been picked up well the broadcast shows have to be so if you're on like abc nbc cbs things like that you still have to produce the old system you're still going through pilots and then sort of running through and putting them on there but with streaming services and also with networks need to get content whatever they can do the days of reruns for 20 weeks in the summertime are over you know what i mean like they'll put something else in its place because while you're putting on a rerun because it's lazy when there are only four stations you can get away with this sort of lazy programming yeah, yeah but now that there's 200 stations and there's uh an unlimited people didn't have home media back then you had to watch one of those four stations or you didn't watch anything on your screen yeah true. but now you're competing with streaming services mm-hmm. you're competing with people's home media libraries yeah you're competing with youtube yeah you know not even like yeah, yeah. typical content but like content in the way it's great you can be with twitter you can be with facebook user generated media you have to always have new stuff so content is king so getting something anything out there is is imperative so i don't know if it's easier or if it's harder there's more places to put your stuff now yeah yeah okay that makes sense even i mean there's there's series that get picked up by like things like cbs and they don't even make their website they don't even make their channel they're just picked up for the website which oh, is insane to think is, that yeah. like there's, there's all these other sort of forms and places to put content. Do you, know what, do you know what they should do? <laughs> all these episodes that have been filmed of these pilots, they should do like an, an episode of like three, three episodes. Well, I, just of, put, I just put everything up. And just, just show them. Put everything things up. Things that never got picked up. Things that only ran for three episodes, things yeah. that didn't get picked up ever. If you have a legal right to do it, just throw it up there. Yeah, Why not? because <laughs> we might even see people that have become oh, famous now in other shows you might go whoa yeah. glad that didn't get picked up <laughs> that's the great thing just unearth this like holy grail of pilots it'd be great i bet there'd be something in there that people latch onto and like yeah oh it, it, it'd be really weird to find something and go why didn't you go with that yeah, 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 yeah. or people to go if only you know so-and-so hadn't been cut from that pilot like we, we talk about friends both jennifer aniston and matthew perry were in other pilots and they were cast basically going, if these other pilots get picked up, you 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 lose your Rachel and your Chandler. 
same with um, Lisa Kudrow, wasn't it? She, she, she Lisa the, Kudrow did the pilot for Frasier, and she was cut after yeah, the pilot. Yeah. So it was the opposite side of it. So imagine if she'd have stayed on the show. Yeah, then who knows who Phoebe is? I don't yeah. know who would get that that spot or how that goes, and how important is that one character to the makeup of the six? I think Matthew Perry. Oh, that, he's a big character. I think he's huge in that opening dynamic. Oh, oh yeah, I think he's absolutely massive. So, yeah, I mean, kind of an interesting what if. It would be great to run a simulation and see kind of how it would go. It would. Really. I'd love that experience. Absolutely. Oh. So, um, that is that. So, I'm guessing, I mean, you gave it an A. I gave it a B plus. I think we're saying this isn't grounded. I think we're saying this is cleared for its ACOS. Absolutely. As the gimmick name would say. Yeah. George's pick. <laughs> I want a pilot school or pilot academy or something like I that. I like this one. Good on, Georgia. Clear for takeoff. I think it's, I think it's definitely picked up its own sort of branding. Yeah. So, yeah, good, good on, Georgia. And good on the makers of Ozark. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's going to fly the friendly skies. I'm definitely going to watch more episodes. I, so, there's a question. Are you going to continue to see more oh, of it? And you are. Absolutely. It's yeah. like a blind date question. Yes, we're going to have a second date it's a uh, great yes excellent so it's a it's that it's a, it was fun for me just going back and rewatching I'm, I'm season four drops i don't know when i cannot wait the only thing i didn't like about this episode actually um was the prostitute in the car which is his imagination really why didn't you like that because that's the only time you see something that's not real oh okay. now i don't know what to trust okay if i'm gonna watch you know what what's real and what's not to be fair it didn't set up anything to tell me it wasn't i'll say this much though at least it was two minutes before we had the correction yeah it wasn't like a whole episode and then we found out it didn't count also i think there were when she starts using this full name i went yeah wait what and then when i was like (laughs) okay that makes sense and it was about the idea about it was about appreciation yeah. His whole actually, if we tie this in, his his fantasy wasn't so much about the sex. It was about a woman who appreciates everything he does to support the family, and regards him and reveres him for that. And then, fast forward twenty five minutes, he saves his cheating wife's life. Yeah. Um, oh, didn't mention the prostitute somehow knew that his wife was cheating on him. I'm like, wait, how does that come up? Because <laughs> yeah. a minute ago, it's your wife won't do what you want her to do. And now it's like, I wouldn't cheat on you. I'm like, well, how does he know? But so the appreciation in his dream versus the um, the real life, the real life with, with yeah. his wife who won't even say thank you when he saves his cheating wife's life. Yeah. And if, if I may, I'm not trying to be trying to be uh, rude. It's the idea that when she, uh, when the prostitute in his fantasy uh, is, is about to start performing oral sex on him, she mentions, I'm going to clean it up a bit. She doesn't want him to have it over and done with too quickly. And if you think about that act, which is totally sort of self-serving or serving one person only, yeah. theoretically, it's, an, it, it's, it's a, you could say it's, it's got sort of a giving spirit to it mm-hmm. uh, versus kind of, again, life where she won't even say thank you for surviving for existing yeah that's his fantasy not the sexual act in and of itself yeah. and that's what seems to get him excited is just to be appreciated yeah that's a sad life in a sad <sighs> marriage yeah Oof. yeah so and that's the thing we didn't take this relationship and put it in the middle of this explosive situation oh. so breaking bad didn't do this the marriage was <laughs> I mean, he'd cancer, but it, but it wasn't this. I mean, the marriage wasn't great, and people hate Skyler and add me to the list. I couldn't. Did you ever watch Breaking Bad? No, oh, I hated Skyler. Um, but um, you take this though, where like in any other situation, they would be apart, and you're forcing them to be together. It's like a romantic comedy setup, but it ain't romantic, and it ain't no comedy. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, there's that. so I'm glad to hear you're going to go ahead, Absolutely. watch some more. We'll have to next time we do one of these episodes, we'll have to you know, sort of let us know how it's going in the new relationship with the new show. 
Absolutely. There we go. So that's been it for Clear for Takeoff, looking at Ozark. So uh, I've been Ian. And I've been Liam. And we'll catch you on the flippity flap. The flippity flip flap. Welcome, 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 welcome to the podcast that I think puts... No, that's not even close to being right. <laughs> I'm going to go for that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't re- it's because you looked at me, wasn't it? What do I do? What do I do? Because I, I, I speak over the end of it. Play for takeoff or something? Okay. I, I'll go from this.